operators. Parked up in the garage. Wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Yes, this is the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. My name is Grant Rowley, and my very special guest for this episode of Parked Up is none other than my very good friend, Ben Grice. Ben Grice of Trans Am fame. How are you? Wow. G'day. Bloody good, Grant. Um, thrown in the deep end and... Um... Yeah, welcome to your podcast career, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> there we go. This is this is you. This is your. Uh, if if the race car driver thing doesn't work out, then you could do what your old man had done, Alan Grice, of course, two-time Bathurst winner, and uh, he he picked up the mic on a on a few occasions. So maybe this is a um, a, a sideward step for you. Yeah, see it and say it, maybe, but. Um... <laughs> Look, I just uh, just have a have a good time. Have a, I'm sure we'll have a good time and a and a, and a laugh and a you and catch up, have a chat. Always always down for chat. So that's what uh, that is all parked up is about, brother. No no worries at all. So uh, of course you're racing in the Turtle Wax Trans Am series at the moment as part of the Speed series. Uh, you got a race in a couple of weeks coming up at Sydney Motorsport Park. You've had a a really good start to the season. I say good because there's been some great moments, uh, a couple of podium finishes, but um, not quite enough to get uh, right to that uh, pointy end. How are you feeling uh, a couple of rounds into your 2022 Trans Am season? How are you feeling? Frustrated of a word. So yeah, we, we've been super fast everywhere. We've been, we've qualified either on pole or third. So the, the car speed's there and um, happy with that. It's always good to have car speed. We've just been unlucky with some mechanical failures. And uh, there was a period where we got taken out three times out of four races. And it was pretty ordinary sort of stuff going on. But look, we got we got some speed and that's um, that's always good to have. We just need a bit of bit of luck and uh, I'm sure the, the results will flow on. But certainly loving the category. The cars are mega to drive just you know they need to tidy up the category generally is is, is a couple of um you know mechanical things is a lot of gearbox values and stuff but look they, they, they're great cars they put on a real good show and part of the they are g speed series and uh look i've got a real good bunch of blokes and enjoying going racing with them and um yeah the, the results aren't far away at all and there's some bloody good uh good teams and drivers in it and mm. you know to be mixing it up with them it's getting more and more competitive every time you roll out so wouldn't want it any other way it's yeah certainly enjoying it yeah no it's a great class and as you say very competitive a couple of really good teams in there the one thing that stands out for myself uh, particularly with your car and the uh, all-American driveline and auto parts car. It is the best-looking Trans Am. Maybe one of the best-looking race cars that we've seen in Australia in a in a long time. Now you run your own uh, sticker shop. This is kind of what you do on the uh, on the side when you're not trying to pedal your Ford Mustang around the racetracks around the country as fast as you can. You're um, you're stickering your race car, other people's race cars. Yeah, it's, it's a uh, it's it's a bloody cool looking rig. Yeah, cool. I'll uh, I'll let the sign writer know. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, it's 
it's a good looking thing and uh, really suits the category really suits the uh the sponsor and um you can certainly see the car coming and it's just nice and clean and, and simple like always uh as a kid growing up through the through the cigarette era um of of, of motor racing like the mid 90s you'd always see some really outstanding sort of basic livery designs you you, you go through um yeah it was in formula one and touring cars and there were some really outstanding sort of simple designs and just tried to base it off that three primary colors and but yeah the all american driveline auto parts cars pretty good looking thing and it's up the front there somewhere so yeah it's a it's a good thing um so i, I run yeah run a little signage digital printing business as well as some um hang on coach. hang on no, no free plugs here for bang science thank you very much yeah, there you go <laughs> but yeah it keeps me busy and also sort of dabbling in some some driver coaching with some some young kids that I've enjoyed um, coaching in the Hyundai series, um, Hyundai XLs, and yeah, enjoying that too. So certainly keeps you busy. Yeah, cool. You've uh, you you've come up through the the Hyundai XLs, and you've done some Toyota eighty sixes. Now you're in Trans Am on the on the real national stage. Of course, um, Toyota's on the national stage as well. But uh, the Trans Ams are, you know, they're, they're big V8s and uh, they sound good and they, they look great and, and all of those things. But uh, you've still kept a little bit of those, uh, that, that real grassroots well within your world with, with helping some young kids through the Hyundai XL uh, leagues as well. I, I saw some social posts recently uh, you you had some kids down at uh, down at Phillip Island and they yep. were they were racing around and and you're helping you're helping them, which which is is really cool. So you I guess you're trying to stay across a you know the the breadth of motorsport that you know in your world to I guess try and help these guys come up through the ranks. Yeah, look, there's a wealth of knowledge out there now. Like the the, the train the driver training is getting better and better and. Yeah, helping some kids get some really good results, and and I didn't really recognize how much satisfaction I'd get out of that. And I'd certainly help. I certainly enjoy. You know, you, you got to tell them and be pretty blunt with it, and tell them the kids how how it is, and they believe it and pick it up and do as they're told, and they go and get results. So, pretty proud to to be a part of it. It's not something that I thought I'd be doing, but yeah, when when they get get results and you're part of it and you work on your you set up through the weekend and 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 get them better and i think they're a really good platform like the hyundai XL racing they really sort of nailed the formula they're basic um good little cars i think they're a better car than the toyota 86 for because they don't have you know the abs and the artificial kind of stuff that the modern car has so they're really good, really good ground um, to really good category for the kids to learn in and, and bring them up and they learn about pack racing and drafting and pushing and, um, you, you know, you get a bit of data out of the cars and some mainly through footage and, and get them going. And it's really rewarding to sort of share the knowledge and give back a bit. And, and at times you have to help them through the judicial process of, of what the rules are of the hand-to-hand combat of, of close knit tight racing. So to definitely enjoy, um, yeah. Helping the kids out and yeah. Got a couple of, uh, 
couple of good good steerers under me at the moment. Yeah, very good. And uh, just recently, you ducked off to Norwell to improve your own racing or just get a bit of a refresh as well. I remember you telling me recently. And it's something yep. that race drivers, you don't really associate driver training with. You know, golfers have a coach and tennis players have a coach and exactly. it's very well, very well publicized. But even for yourself, who operates yeah. at the top level in the class that you're currently in, you, you're using other people to continually put heat on you or get the most out of you on the track away from racing in a training facility. Mm. Uh, that it's, it's something that, that race car, it's just not associated with race cars. No, I agree. Uh, look, I'm not ashamed of, of saying that there's, there's always something new to learn and a, a new way of thinking about things with it, how you put your weekend together and or, or what you, how you're driving. And it's always good to get a, a second opinion. I, I, I've leaned on some um, senior drivers and sort of role models that I look up to in guys like Greg Cricks helped me out a lot recently. And uh, But yeah, just giving, giving them a bit of footage and getting an opinion and look going up to Norwell certainly helped I'm scheduled to go back there and there's always something new you can learn or work on um and a lot of guys yeah I'm not ashamed to to say it and want to learn more and like you said you touched on there's golfers cricketers they've all got coaches so good to get a decent educated second opinion and always something to learn on so you know you, you at the high level of, of fine tuning and, and how you control the car and manipulate the car with the input inputs and um, spend a bit of time with Paul Morris there and certainly helped. And uh, I'd recommend it to anyone in any level of motor racing. There's, there's always more you can learn and, and yeah, I, I pass that knowledge on to the kids that I've been training. So yeah, it just makes for a better, uh, better racing all around for, for everyone, better understanding of the rules. Yeah, can't wait to get back. Cool. Well, I, I uh, was fortunate enough to do some sneaky little laps at Norwell once upon a time. And I, I probably shouldn't tell the person who was paying me to be there because I was there to do some video stuff. So, But, I'd, uh, but I was invited to go in and, and uh, have a couple of little laps, which was, which was cool because uh, you get to drive a high-powered uh, V8 certainly more powerful than the Nissan Qashqai that I roll around in day to day. Although it is a manual and it does clip curbs pretty well, but right. the the input that the or the the help that the uh, person in the passenger seat, God help them, because um, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure they'd see some pretty average people jump in the car. The just the the tiny little things that. You know, I just jumped in and thought, yeah, well, I know how to drive a car and I'll get in. And just there was, what, what there was the track two, go, what's the lap record? That's right. And there Let was two, after two, car, two real simple things of, you know, going around a corner or I released the lock. And I realized that I was kind of getting near the exit of the corner and I still had all of the uh, turning input on there. And he said, no, 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 no. You, before you start hitting that uh, accelerator, you're going to have to uh, straighten that bad boy up. Um, and just, uh, the way that I was riding the clutch, like, I think his words were get your foot off the clutch and there might've been an expletive in there as well, but yeah. it was just the, 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 those really simple things for me, who's not a 
race driver, but someone who I, I guess I kind of understand how all the the driving stuff works. That that was kind of key. But I'm sure they're teaching you smaller nuances that can continue to help with your progression. Like what what are those tiny things, tiny to um, tiny to you? They might feel tiny to yourself, but but huge in the big picture. Uh, yeah, it's just more the way that you manipulate the car using the controls and how you release the brake and getting to the go. There's, there's plenty of different things that you work on. I've probably found some, some bad habits that I may have picked up from driving a front wheel drive car and just, uh, it'd be no different to a golfer changing their grip and not dropping the shoulder and whatever else. But, um, yeah, it, it took a, couple of different coaches to figure it out and I, I found some instant speed out of it but yeah it's it's really cool driving you know you, you just just always keep learning and yeah really uh yeah always always look for a little bit more or, or new ways to think of and new ways to go looking for things in shade and, and there's grip there and you know uv just more and more ways of of thinking about what's happening cool Okay, very good, very good. And look, we need we need more of it. Norwell is obviously the preeminent driver coaching facility that we have in Australia. And uh, hopefully as motorsport progresses, more circuits pop up and more availability for these things, we can, we can see more pop up. Now, uh, in this episode of Parked Up, we are going to catch up with a good friend of both of ours, Lucas Dumbrell. Uh, of course, he is part of the uh, Dumbrell dynasty, who has been part of Australian motorsport for for many, many years. His brother, Paul, is a Bathurst 1000 winner. Lucas ran his own supercars team for, uh, for a few years there. Um, these days, I see him on Instagram and he was hanging out in Miami last week. So um, I'm sure he's got a couple of cool tales to tell. We're going to catch up with him. Excellent. Um, and, but, it was, but it was your suggestion why uh, to catch up with lucas i'd said i'd said hey do you want to come on as a a guest host and you yep. said yep let's get lucas on why are we getting lucas on well i just thought it'd be uh thought it'd be a good chat um haven't you know really sort of heard much from lucas it'd be interesting to see what he's up to i haven't i haven't been in touch with him for a while so um yeah why not uh dial him up and get in touch and see what he's up to. And like, he was certainly a, a figure in the last couple of years in, in, in supercar racing and being a team owner, as you said, and, and similar sort of, similar sort of path in, in having a, a family or uh, that, that, that comes through that's been around motor racing for a while. So yeah, why not uh, get in touch with Lucas? Cool. Well, we'll get in, uh, we'll get him on the phone real soon. Uh, in the meantime, uh, recently, the last round of the Trans Am series, we were up at Mount Panorama uh, for what was the third round. You collected a podium up there, but one of the really cool things was you had your old man there. You had yeah. uh, Alan Grice, who, of course, won the Bathurst 1000 on a, on a couple of occasions, many, many Australian Touring Car Championship starts and round wins, you know, a real legend of, of, our, of our sport. And you got to take him for a tv lap around the circuit 
uh, with Greg Rust for a um, for a bit of uh, content on the on the stand sports. That must have been cool to to have your old man there. Like he knows the track like the back of his hand. But you were the one uh, sitting in the driver's seat. Yeah, certainly was pretty cool. We had a a, a great chat with Rusty and um, uh, sort of touched on a bit of Dad's career and what I was up to and what I was sort of want to achieve. So yeah, that's all on on stand sport in there. Um, on their Bathurst, uh, Bathurst coverage, but yeah, it's certainly a day I'd never forget. You know, no one's beating this getting old business. So, um, <laughs> days like that, you really kind of got to cherish and, and really enjoy. So the uh, results on the Saturday were pretty good, but, um, yeah, that, that's something I'll never forget. And, um, that was quite cool. I, I haven't driven the safety car and, and I reckon I, uh, I reckon I just, just folded the mirror out of the, on the, on the elbow just, just quietly. <laughs> so, Bit of bit of paint off the off the off the paint off the safety car. So. Motorsport Australia and their deal with Hyundai, they might be able to get a uh, OEM secondhandy uh, little new one to to fit on there if, if it was damaged beyond recognition. Uh, hey, the, what what did you what did your what did your old man say going around there? Obviously, he's done a million laps around there. He's 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 won the race. He he you know back in the day would have known it like the back of his hand. The circuit's probably changed a fair bit since he was last there. Uh yeah look he, he we were uh, we were stuck into a good chat. So but he um he did mention that you know it was it was changed a fair bit now you know there's more walls and stuff around but first time I lobbed there in 2016 uh was first year of of Toyota 86 there. And, um, I think we, we were fourth in, I'd never been there. I was fourth and, and I'd put all of that down to, uh, going around the track with dad and giving me a bit of, uh, advice and, 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 um, experience of what you aim for and, um, all the marks around the track. So that certainly helped get me going, but yeah, the, the 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 safety car stuff on on the weekend just passed yeah i'll uh, never forget that it was quite cool yeah very cool very cool um so so tell me like you you obviously grew up in and around the sport you yep. you probably had no choice like golfing or tennis playing probably really wasn't going to be in your future although i have seen you play indoor soccer and you are a little bit of a natural sporting talent was was racing just always going to be your thing? I didn't. I, yeah, I never wanted to do anything else. Uh, just wanted to. As soon as I figured out what motor racing wanted, I, I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world, and I've got to get a go. So um, I had a different sort of path to a lot of a lot of kids. So no go karting, no um, no junior career. It was just straight into cars, and yeah, picked up picked up the pieces. Had a actually. My, my first start in a race car was a, a speedway car. It was owned by Paul Morris while I was working for him. So he gave me my, my first um, start and my first win in that. So that was quite cool. And once I got, I figured that out and I got the bug and yeah, couldn't, uh, couldn't dream of being anywhere else. There's, uh, there's uh, like a lot of people don't have that in their lives. And uh, although it's a difficult sport to, to be involved with mainly because of the finances but yeah there's a lot of people just wandering through life without anything and all i want to go do is get to the racetrack and get a result again so it gives me that drive that um that willingness and that that grunt to get up in the morning and yeah be the do the best job i can 
Yeah, cool. Um, so, so tell me what with with that growing up. What what's your do you remember your first memory? The first time you realised, oh, dad's a race car driver, and dad's actually pretty good at this thing. Uh, yeah, I reckon. So we'd always have a really cool, uh, cool memories of of uh, of family when dad was doing enduros, like 93, 94, 95, um, like with DJR and, and HRT and, and, and the PJ cars. So the, the family road trip to Bathurst, the soundtrack, and it's something I still think of while I drive to Bathurst myself in my racing days of, you know, how cool that was and always wanted to do it myself. Um, but yeah, probably 94 when Dick won, dad was in the second car. Yeah, it was Stevie Jacks. Yeah, it was Stevie J. Stevie J's first Bathurst. Dad sort of groomed him through that and um, helped him through. It was pretty cool. And yeah, I, I was yeah, I was real young. That was probably my first first memories of it. And I'd um, I'd jump in like the pits were a bit different those days. I'd jump in um in the cars and the sheds and, and overnight and as a kid and, you know, drink out of their water bottle and push buttons and do all the th- things that I got told not to do. So yeah, it was certainly memories I'll never forget. And I always remember like, yeah, JB had like, yeah, all these birds around him. So <laughs> oh, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. So I'm like, that's, that guy's my hero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of course, you can go back and listen to last week's Parked Up where I had JB as my special co-host. And we didn't talk about the uh, birds, but but he is an absolute legend and um, and someone I'm happy to call a friend. And uh, yeah, just someone I grew up um, absolutely loving. Um, seems like you've uh, loved him for a whole bunch of different reasons. No, he's a good man. He's, he's, hurt, he's helped me a lot in uh, my career and give me a bit of direction and um, see me in the right, right, right way a few times. So another experienced guy that I've lent on in the past and yeah, good guy. Very good. Now, if, if I wasn't thinking about your dad doing, being an awesome race car driver, winning Bathurst or um, uh, doing all those great things that we saw on channel seven coverages all through those years, then I think about him being a uh, politician and we're coming up to a, uh, we're actually right in the middle of a federal election. I did my voting yesterday. I'm All right. proud of that because of the, the actual election clashes with the Winton Supercars round. So for anyone yes. who's listening and you're going to Winton, make sure you vote, do a pre-vote because uh, otherwise you're going to get trapped at Winton watching race cars or, or putting race cars on the track or driving them or whatever you're doing and realize you're going to get a $57 fine from the, um, from the feds for not uh, lodging your vote. But um, yeah, your dad uh, had that as part of his life. Now that was probably when you were a little bit too young, I guess, or, you know, uh, it it just, I don't know. What do you, do you remember much about when your dad went into politics? Yeah, I do remember a little bit and that's probably, yeah, different, different, uh, different deal, but, um, look, I, I'm just focusing on my racing at the minute. The, I hope everyone, you know, makes the right call. The, <laughs> the, vote, the vote's pretty important, but I haven't really ever thought of a career in it at all. But um, only only uh, uh, politicking with the stewards. 
Yeah, look, there's a lot of politics in motor racing, so maybe <laughs> a career in, in politics wouldn't be too much different. It just be wouldn't be driving a car, but yeah, it's something I'm going to stay away from for a while. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't blame you. It looks like, looks, like a mugs, looks, looks like a mugs game for sure. Yeah, not um, too different to this. <laughs> cool, man. All right. Hey, uh, we're going to get Lucas Dumbrell on the phone right now. So, look, we should just uh, – let's just fire into it and uh, and see how we go. It's uh, I've got Ben Grice as my co-driver on this edition of Parked Up, and we're going to catch up with Lucas Dumbrell. And, of course, we're powered by race fields. And it's great to welcome Lucas Dumbrell on to the Parked Up podcast. Of course, I'm with Ben Grice. Luke, Lucas, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thanks, Grant. Thanks, Grant. No, it's great to be kind of have a chat you and Benny and um, find out what's, uh, what crap you guys are speaking. So, no, no, good. <laughs> uh, nothing but defamatory stuff, brother. Um, <laughs> hey, mate, so uh, so tell us what's been going on. What's been going on in your world? Uh, we are really, like, kind of the past kind of two or three years, I've just been working flat out trying to sell what uh Mirrors, uh, brake fluid, and some uh, some race seats to um, all the kind of uh, all the races around Australia, including including Benny. Benny buys a fair bit off me, so I started my own company. I kept it simple for the races out there. It's called Motorsport Parts Australia. So you know, it's it's pretty uh, it's it's uh, pretty self-explanatory. But yeah, just um, just trying to help all the guys out there kind of get a get a good deal, and not get reamed on um, motorsport parts. Yeah. <laughs> Now I understand why Benny wanted to grab you on the uh, grab you on the phone because he's looking for a uh, cheaper deal on some of his parts. Yeah, that's that's it's good. I've got you here, Lucas. I just just wanted to to get in touch and see if you're interested in some some sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, just make me look like a prick saying no on the air. So, Lucas, tell us why was the uh, why was this new venture important to yourself? Obviously, the family have been involved in. Uh, aftermarket automotive parts for for many many years through Autobahn and through other uh, business interests that um, the the great Dumbrell family has had. But you did you find a niche in the motor racing world that you felt that you could implement some of that into you know what the the three of us and and so many others listening to the, this podcast sort of need in their racing world. Yeah, it was exactly kind of what you, you mentioned, you know, about kind of my family's experience. And I like, I learned, you know, a, a buckle out of my, my father, my late father, kind of, um, he's, you know, just, he, you know, him and his just, he, uh, you know, his act, his work, you know, through Autobahn and that kind of thing. And, and I just, I felt like um, being, being, you know, being a, someone who ran a race team and, and was spending all this money on, um, on, on race parts, you know, some, you know, and only kind of a select few kind of, uh, retailers in Australia, I just felt it was kind of, it was just, it was just ridiculous, you know, some of the prices that I was paying, you know, when I was running a race team, just for stuff which I know, and you know, after doing a little bit of research on, I knew that the, the margins and stuff were, were massive. So I just felt that, you know, if I could, if I can, you know, offer this stuff to, you know, all the other races in, in Australia, you know, at a price that's cheaper and, and, you know, and with the better service, you know, keeping stock and that kind of thing, why not? And, I suppose it's you know exactly what I thought and felt would happen. Um, you know, being that people would jump on it, you know, extremely quickly. You know, has happened. So it's um, it's been it's yeah, it's been great. You know, like the the business has grown exponentially. You know, over the last couple of years, and and we're just getting so many more people who bring up and and uh, you know, keen to kind of deal with us. So yeah, excellent. That's um, 
Yeah, it's real pleased that, that that's why I asked and, and, and got in with Grant. Lucas was hadn't spoken in a while and, and, and real good to, to hear what you're up to and, and what you're doing. So uh wanted to, to ask what it was like, the stresses and, and, and you touched on before being a team owner in, in supercars. So why don't you tell us about some of the drivers you work with, some of the stresses and, and the travelling. Is selling is selling parts is selling parts easier than dealing with race drivers? Yeah, I was gonna say it's a hell of a lot easier to, um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, to kind of sell, you know, sell parts. You know, the unfortunate thing is, um, you know, versus sponsorship or something, you know, you might be selling everybody an eighty dollar part, you know, to an eighty dollar mirror, you know, bolt on mirror versus you know an eight hundred thousand dollar sponsorship deal. So the money money's a little bit different, you know, um, but so. Uh, uh, in saying that, like they're just the financial kind of stresses of running a supercar team, and not just for me, for any you know, any of the guys out there, like it's it's just it's pretty it's pretty stressful thing, you know. Like every day, there's just you know you kind of feel that you know money's going out the door, and and, it, and it's not it's no no one else is you know so there's not many guys getting rich off it. Um, it's just you know it's just a select few guys who um, offer services and I've got you know we've got some of these great teams going. You know, they when they offer out their, you know, their IT deals and stuff like that, that's the kind of the true guys that are making money. But for the bulk of other teams, you know, probably ninety five percent of teams, um, it, unfortunately, you know, it's not something they're making money out of, and it's, you know, it's they're really kind of they're held up by kind of some of their team owners, you know, who have got kind of successful other businesses. You know, these are older guys who run, you know, run the successful businesses, and then obviously having a race team is their their side thing, or you know, um, it's. Unfortunately for me, I, I didn't have all, you know, these side businesses, um, you know, to yeah. kind of to, uh, just, you know, hold up my race team. So my, the team was basically entirely ran on sponsorship and, and that kind of thing. And, and unfortunately, yeah, it's just, it's as, you know, Benny would know like so much. So it's right. Getting sponsorship and that kind of thing is just such a hard game. And, um, and, and especially the amount of money, you know, in supercars, you're talking kind of millions of dollars, you know, you need, you know, to really run cars. So, when you when your starting point, you know, even a cheap car is around at say two million bucks a car. Um, it's just it's just so much money you go uh, you know go and try and find. Um, and the the thing is, you know, it doesn't really matter if you you find it or not. You still got to pay it because the level you got to try and run at with staff and everything. It's just it's it's so it, people would just be surprised, you know, to go racing fifteen times a year. You know, it costs two million bucks a car. It just and that, sorry, and that's. That's just that's just you know the fuel and all the uh, the brakes and everything and the staff to go with it. That's not even yeah. buying the car. You got, got to spend nine to five hundred grand per car buying it. It's a start to start with. So like it's just a crazy amount of money. Damage insurance. Oh, just just everything. Like you know, Charlie Swarkoff, You know, um, team eighteen. You know, his 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 uh, crash from a couple weekends ago with Scott Pye driving. Like I know Scotty, and he's a good guy, and he had a few crashes for me as well. Just bad luck kind of stuff, and um, I think pretty similar to that that one as well. But that would have cost, I'd say, easily like three hundred grand, you know, just in in the blink of an eye, you know. And and, and Charlie's really good, you know. He he really invests in his racing and tries to do it properly. But that that's still, geez, for anybody that must hurt, you know, just in a blink of an eye, three hundred grand, you know, gone. Big you hit. Know? And over this, over someone not getting out of the throttle. Yeah, just like, and over silly accidents, you know, like with that one, you know, you can you can turn some around and, and fire them in the wall, but you know that was like that was like getting them sideways and just and and always like increasing increasing the speed before you actually piff them off. Like that was just silly, you know. But for nobody wants to see a driver like that, you know, especially and and 
being selfish in terms of not not you know excluding the driver's health you know it's great to see as a ride but that that crash is just like so big you know and so so financially it would hurt and um yeah i know that stuff's silly but yeah no like it's stress stress wise it's um it's a pretty big difference you know like i'm you know i uh i'm not kind of spending you know like upwards of kind of 10 grand a week on just small stuff you know like it's mm. kind of i run the supercar thing you know i think it roughly like i was you know we're talking like I was spending like eight grand, uh, sorry, eighty grand a week just on everything for to run the cars, you know. And I said, "Be it's just a serious lot of money, you know. Um, like the appearance fees and the prize money you get from supercars kind of thing. It's a, it's kind of a distorted figure, but it's you know you're talking kind of like best case, you know, five hundred grand a car maybe, you know, and that's best case. So you yeah. gonna you start five hundred grand a car and you still got to find three and a half million bucks a car to go racing, you know. So it's um sorry, sorry, I want one point five million bucks a car." go racing you know or three million for two cars it's a serious lot of coin you know Mm. you did um you did it for close to a decade lucas started in 2010 and i think you lasted uh six seven eight years or maybe nine years in the uh in in the uh in the supercars championship we we miss you at the track i miss not i miss not having you as uh, someone to come and uh and say good day to at uh, at supercars events do you miss it? Do you miss not being, you know, at the, uh, while, um, of course, all of those things that you just said and all of those stresses and all of those pressures, particularly around the finances and making sure that not only you can afford to put the car on track, but to do it at the right level, because we're all competitive beasts. Uh, anyone in this industry who wants to do this at the right level, you know, wants to do it at the very best that they can. Do you miss that real competitive edge that you've hasn't been in your world for the past couple of years. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Like I must say, like I, I definitely um underestimated. You know how much kind of like, or you know kind of miss being involved in the series. Um, I definitely don't miss paying you know like fifteen grand for a radiator from Triple Eight. Um, great radiator, <laughs> but um, I definitely don't miss it at all. Um, that's one thing. Like I'm happy not signing those checks. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely, I definitely miss kind of a just the just the the kind of just the you know just the social aspect of not even even just hanging out with the guys from my own team. You know, you re- you really you miss mm. a bunch of guys that generally kind of get a, you know get along with it. And and you know some, some guys of course you don't get along with it. The majority of guys, you know, it's just a good kind of bunch of um, guys, you know, who are hanging out and um, and doing what they love, which is motor racing. So I definitely miss like you know like I say just you know. Just having the ability, you know, to go up and uh, up and down in the back of the garage, and you know, and even just on the way to buddy, uh, you know, the the buddy, the tent to get breakfast, you know, just seeing guys and that you might not work with every day, and um, and just catching up with them and seeing what they're up to, and just just talking a bit of shit, really, you know, it's um, I definitely miss that, and um, uh, you know, I've got kind of one guy that works for me now, Jared McLeod, who, and we talk a couple of times every day about everything, and I'm, but I'm definitely reckon that he would love it if I, someone else was there to talk to me to distract me. From, getting on his case uh, all the time, <laughs> I reckon. But because um, I've heard I'm a little bit intense on occasion, but uh, yeah. Allegedly. Uh, yeah, allegedly. That's why I don't really see it. I don't really <laughs> know what you're talking about. Anyway, um, uh, but um, yeah, so I definitely miss that kind of thing. And it's definitely been a shock to me, you know, just, you know, just like I said, losing that kind of the social aspect and uh, of, you know, dealing with, you know, I underestimated, you know, what it would be like, you know, not having all these boxes to go, you know, the ones with the, the, the lunch shop and just, just talk a bit of crap with, you know, um, mm. it's, yeah, it's just a Benny, like, he definitely know, you know, like he, you know, if he didn't have the bunch of guys at the workshop with him, you know, it'd be a shock for him, you know, just, um, you know, just to, 
you know, just just the social aspect because you, yeah, you really it's a, it's amazing how um how close you know you find you, you come to kind of how close you find yourself to some of these guys and you know yeah and I can yeah it's just I can see that that the human element it, particularly when you've got a bunch of guys with the same sort of interests and morals and they want to go and do well and yeah I can see how you, you'd miss that Lucas because that's something you know with, with my guys I'm really enjoying but yeah you, you know and that can competitive going racing wanting to go out and do your best and and working together with with those team members uh i can see how you'd miss that but tell us like what's the what's some of the highlights some of your highlights of what, what, what are some of the moments that you yeah you're really proud of you you'll you'll take with you for a long time of, of some moments where you've really sort of stuck it up the factory teams or some results or maybe some some moments where you've really you know impressed a few people tell, tell us about a couple of those moments yeah i suppose there's you know there's a kind of select kind of couple of moments with the obvious ones you know being like the the quipsal win with with Percat in um in 17 and then uh once again the uh the the the, uh, the podium sorry we got at bathurst with, bathurst. Um, with uh nick Perkett and became a convoy in 17 um and that was those two of the obvious ones i suppose you know, being able to work with kind of some of these guys, it, it's funny that I worked with a lot of different drivers over the years, you know, from like Scotty Pye, who like we were talking about a second ago, to to, Buddy, to, to Russell Ingle, to, to Nick Perkett, to like on Heim Gardner, and just, uh, you know, a real a, a massive, you know, a big a big list of guys. Um, And it's pretty cool just to see, you know, how they all work. Like they're all, all drivers are very, you know, really interesting, interesting characters. Um, pretty weird, a lot of them, to tell you the truth, but um, <laughs> and, and some of them, some of them angrier than others, but, you know, even dealing with Russell Ingram, you know, like he came to us with a big, big kind of bad, um, you know, called, uh, uh, you know, you know, I suppose I want to talk, you know, that he was difficult to work with and whatnot. And Russell kind of, he, he was, he, he's a really, Russell's an amazing, amazing driver. And to do what he does or to be doing what he's been doing it at the ages now is, you know, is, is amazing, you know, because there's no, there's no lying about it. You know, as you get older, you know, you reflexes and everything, you get a bit, you know, get a bit slower. So it, it would have been difficult for him, but, you know, even it, however old he is which is a mystery i think for everybody um <laughs> to, you know, at, to compete you know for me at, i don't know like 90 years old or however he was but russell's you know and he was pretty you know definitely got a bit far at points but a lot of the time he legitimately just he was just just wanted you know just wanted the, everyone to do their best and he may may convey that in a different different uh, you know attitude that might might, might be the most productive but he, he really he just wanted the best and you know then we go on to like you know working with a great mate like you know nick perkett like I, a lot of guys don't know, I raced with Perkett and, you know, against Scott Pine, that kind of thing. And I raced as a, yeah, teammates with Perkett back in 2008, but, you know, when I, the year I had my accident. So um, I, I got, it's funny, you know, I got to, uh, you know, just work with Perkett again. And that was really special to me, um, you know, and, and he, he, you know, God, he worked hard at trying to get us up the grid and that kind of thing. And, and we definitely, I think, did the best. You know, the we we could have with with equipment and with the those with the investment we had to make at the time. You know, even stuff like you know finishing sixth at you know Darwin and that kind of thing. Just the, after the race after you know he rips the door off the uh, you know hits a, hits Jamie Lincoln and rips the door off him and rags him on the coverage to work out you know that it was his fault after or Jamie got pushed. You know, and then it's just stuff like that. It's just funny funny stuff like that. But yeah, it's um. They're probably the highlights, and just just dealing with all of these, you know, all of these guys, you know, they might be mechanics or sub assembly guys or truck drivers, you know, 
just dealing with all of these guys over the years and making friendships, you know, um, with all of these guys, that, that's pretty special to me as well. And, you know, I'm, some guys I'm probably, uh, probably might, might, you know, might not like being all that kind of thing, but I can, I can deal with that, you know, all of the, the guys, the true guys that, you know, that I um, respect, you know, the guys that understood, you know, what, what I was trying to do and, and, and the and rest of the struggles that I was having as well, you know, like it's not just, you know, the, the fact that they had to work on, like, you know, God, I got, you know, what the guys had to do hours, you know, a lot of extra hours when they're going racing and stuff, you know, I was, I was definitely scratching every barrel I could to, you know, try and, you know, spend as much money on, on the race cars and everything as I could, you know. And um, yeah, I, I said a lot of the, I respect a lot of the guys that actually that actually took the time to realize, you know, it wasn't when sometimes when I might be saying no to things, it wasn't me being a tight ass. It's because I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to balance the money that we did have out to be so we could do everything, you know, because if we bought every new trinket that you know came out, whatever, it just might meant might have meant we didn't have fuel to drive to the drive the truck to the race to the racetrack, you know. So just the guys that actually understood a little bit, you know, understood a little bit of that, you know, the ones that I respect that, you know, they're not. They don't just, uh, you know, they're not just unreasonable when it, when it comes to that kind of thing. Benny would know, you know, you can't have every single thing you ever want, you know, on the race car because inevitably you're never going to have enough funding to do everything, and you've just got to, you've got to, you've got to realize that, um, you know, basically you got, you got to, you got to spread the money, you know, across the whole thing, or otherwise, yeah, like said, you can buy everything you want, but you know, it doesn't help Benny not being able to get the truck uh, and the race car to the track. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing you, man. You just touched on that, so. I remember being, so it was, would have been 2016, 2017, Townsville. I just rolled out of the backpackers, just like you said. You know, you got to juggle and dip and dive. Um, so racing a Toyota up there, come out of the backpackers at, at, at Townsville. And was I remember... That your, seeing, was that your accommodation or was that a uh, little one-night over, overnight little stay, venture. little special? No, nah, look, it was my accommodation, but we'd had results on and off. <laughs> Say no more, brother. What I'm Say getting no more. to was as you'd roll into the track, it was a Thursday. I think you guys were all unloading. And I remember seeing a um some some decals being peeled off your cars. So they were they were chrome gold, chrome red of a of a retailer in in, in, in Queensland. Um, are we allowed to mention the name of the uh, people, or do you, do you, Lucas? Do you not oh. want us to mention Candyman? Oh, you, oh, yeah, well, there you go. You've actually, you two have kind of just brought up, uh, brought up something that I think I projected out of my projected out of my subconscious, and now I'm really <laughs> like nightmares tonight. Thanks to that So, so just back in the Back just therapy tomorrow. Sorry, sorry about that. But just for our listeners who might not remember, so Townsville, uh, the event that Ben is referring to, you had a new sponsor come on, which was Candyman, which I think were a uh, a cigarette retailing business through um, through various parts of Australia. I don't know if they were just a yeah. Queensland thing or or whatever, but there was some level of dispute and before the cars even got onto the track the stickers were peeling they're being peeled off the cars i felt that you always turned up with you know you never had um you know billy bob's auto auto wreckers on the side of your car you always had really really good sponsors you had uh, great support from uh companies like golf western oil i select um there's a uh, there's a huge huge array of um really cool brands that some we knew and some we didn't know uh candyman i can't say i knew much of candyman but they came in with a splash but um it was a very momentary splash yeah tell yeah, us about yeah. the background of 
Yeah, that one was all kind of based around. I, I can I can briefly, you know, speak about it. The, the, the I suppose just the just the main main ideas behind it. Um, it was kind of it was it was a deal put together by a guy that was working for me. He probably probably unfortunately went a little bit too kind of full throttle into it without checking out the legalities of it. So it was um because they're a uh, like a, a uh, like a, a tobacco uh, retailer um, that kind of but but it, but effectively they also. Uh, like they're also kind of they have some other ventures and some other promotional companies. There was the idea that they would be allowed to be a sponsor on the race cars, but to the folks that you know, the folks that kind of maybe not across it, but you know, uh, being a you know anything tobacco and 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 that kind of thing is generally generally banned from the world of motorsport. Um, uh, you know, as of as of kind of other one, what what year was it, guys? I oh, got like ninety six or something. Was it? Yeah, was it? yeah. sixteen, yeah. sixteen, yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah, that, like, when the legislation would have been 95, 96 or come in. Yeah. Yeah, for, for banning. Uh, oh, sorry, yes. For, yeah, so yeah, so banning. Yeah, so uh, 95 was the last time that we saw yeah. cigarettes backing yeah. a um, any any motorsport. Yeah. So, so I suppose these guys don't make cigarettes. Like that. They just retail it. Um, so there was an idea, um, you know, that, that it might be allowed. Um, and I... I kind of I gathered pretty quickly um, that uh, that wasn't going to be the case, and and then um, it got kind of all kind of got uh, got a bit you know when I tried to convey that to the to the guys you know they had the idea that that um, to, I to convey this to the sponsor they they had the idea that no they should be allowed to and I kind of said that well that's all good and well but um well we if we head out you know lap one we're going to get black flagged and um and sent back to the pits with the, with this branding on the cars uh, so it all kind of turned turned a bit nasty and we had to kind of had to, the deal kind of didn't go ahead um and yeah as i thought you said you know it just resulted in us peeling off the sponsors and going out with uh two pretty bland uh, race cars for townsville it was definitely um the other thing it was definitely um uh like something that you know, it was regretful in my world. You know, and I, you know, I know it pissed a lot of the, a lot of the crew and that kind of thing off. And um, unfortunately for a lot of them, they weren't kind of, uh, they weren't across the whole level of you know how the deal came about and that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, that was pretty, uh, that was a pretty disappointing weekend. But like I said, I, you know, I always tried to, you know, come come with you know there. So in fairness to them, they're a national retail with a X amount of shops. You know, like um, so they, are, you know, they, again they are, you know, they're. They're a big mob who um who were pretty successful in their own game. So yeah, I try I tried as much as I could to not have yeah Billy Bob's you know Smashworks or whatever on the on the on the on the card you know and I, like a long time supporter Phil Monday um we kind of we kind of, we, we kind of um uh, you know partnered with Phil you know in in early thirteen or twelve thirteen um just just he was just providing the support for through some panel works um panel repair um and then we turned into like a a multi-year thing where Phil supported me the entire time up until I finished, you know, um, and uh, and without his support, you know, I would definitely wouldn't be able to get through. He was um much more than kind of a um a sponsor or anything like that. He kind of helped me with the day-to-day running and just tried to share some of his business uh, experience with me. And um and yeah, we put uh, we managed to you know uh, you know uh, I suppose you know advertise a lot of you know his great brands you know on the cars over the years and. You guys are both, I'm sure, would have met Phil at some point. He's a, you know, he's a, he's yeah. a pretty good, pretty good, oh, good character. Very good. Wants, Very to, good. wants to help, help, help anyone he can in the game, and um, and he's just a motor motorsport enthusiast, you know. So he, um, yeah, uh, he's just like I said, okay, one of one of the good guys that I, you know, I must I must take away from from racing, having the opportunity to meet and deal with Phil, you know, who's um someone um who's a, you know pretty special to me and and, and help me like in a, a massive amount over the years and, and taught me a lot as well, you know. And so have the opportunity to meet these kind of guys, which, you know, you just, just some, you know, some guys that literally 
that you wouldn't have the opportunity normally to meet. Um, it's yeah. Um, yeah, they're they're the special things to take away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah those life life sort of journeys. I did I did say that uh, you you weren't uh, supported by any Billy Bob's um, uh, you know s- smash repairers or whatever, but then I completely forgot you were sponsored by oh, a, a guy who really? made his made his dough yeah. out of actually fixing people's wrecked cars. But I mean, I mean, nothing against Phil uh, Phil Monday oh. because he's a not only an awesome guy but has created such a a, a terrific business over. Um, over all these years, so uh, um, yeah, for the uh, repair management uh, bit business and um, the Phil Monday crash repairers, uh, yeah, that was not a uh, not a slide at him at all. No, no not as well. Actually, exactly what you said. You know, Phil Monday Panel Works was his first kind of shop. He started oh, like forty plus years ago. Um, would be over like forty, would have been forty three or forty four years ago now. Um, and it's um, you know, he he uh, he definitely transformed it. You know, from like a single panel shop to creating, you know, like an empire of them, you know, like a, I remember at some point they had, three, you know, with Repair Manager Australia, who he kind of, they partnered with him um, and I had like over a hundred stores, you know, throughout Australia and New Zealand. So that, like, that's a huge, huge number of um, stores and and just, and also staff, you know, that Phil kind of dealt with and, and you know, he traveled around Australia, all these stores, you know, projecting his, the knowledge that he'd, he'd uh, you know, he, he'd, he'd uh, acquired, you know, of how to run a successful crash repair panel shop. And, um, and yeah, there's a reason that Phil, you know, is, um, is, is, I suppose, uh, you know, Phil got bought out of his business, you know, is that he was, you know, he, he transformed it into something pretty amazing and, and, you know, he's, he's like a great, you know, like, a like Aussie battle, like, you know, he's turned, you know, his single kind of small business into an empire and, you know, and he's, he's, you know, come, come away with it quite well financially, which is, um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I'm definitely, you know, I uh, definitely admire, you know, the, just the, the effort and the work that he's, he put into it and um, because he's, you know, he's, he's like I said, he deserves all the success, successes, sorry, that he's, he's had with it. And um, yeah, like I, I, I once, once again, you know, lifelong kind of friend and, and, and basically um, mentor, you know, which I had and, and yeah, I just, he's one of the great guys and, and that, you know, that's, that I've become um, involved with here. And he owns right. a little brewery as well. So uh, absolutely yeah. love that. Love the guy. Yeah, so I think he's definitely yeah he's free flying on the alcohol, which is pretty good. Um, <laughs> no, he's, you know, yeah, he's, he's, quite, he's got a nice little place down at Eastland, um, in the kind of the top, uh, top kind of top level where they have all the uh, the hospitality places. Um, the uh, you in um the uh, the the cellar door. Uh, you in? Oh, um, yeah, that's yeah, his place, there. there, mate. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, yep. Um, so uh, and he's got another place in um in in uh, in uh, Ringwood. Sorry, oh, sorry, Kilsyth, Ringwood. Kilsyth, yeah. sorry. Um, yeah, which is, that's a pretty cool place. Um, yeah, he, he's made some pretty cool venues, those two. But um, yeah, he's just all he's, in, he's into a, like, you know, an odd a range of you know different businesses. He's um, he's he's a pretty he's pretty hands on to say that to, you know just to funny say say it say it nicely. But the bloke was so much you know he's he was helping repair Russell Ingalls crashed up uh, you know car at the Gold Coast. He was helping show us how to panel beat out the the bead you know the CB pillar on the side of it rather than put a whole new one on and he's up there with the you know the little little uh you know the mallet and the mantle uh you know um, you know flat it out for us so he was always three lessons yeah oh free exactly right three lessons literally we laughed about it but we're like it was actually great because he didn't have to replace half the body tin work on the side of the car and rivet it on and off you know so he's um he's pretty he's pretty good young but yeah it's uh it's funny they're just the characters you meet you know over the years and yeah it's still around today listen would you go back United. Oh, I don't know. A couple of people have asked me would I go back with you know with the with the Gen Three car, and I, I kind of. Then, he, then he's no. looking for a drive. He's looking for a drive. I'd, yeah, I'd probably say no. Unfortunately, just the just the 
I see, I don't, personally, I don't agree with the way that's been going about and, and just the, you know, well, I suppose just the way that's been organised or from what I hear, not being organised, um, truthfully, with the, with the, you know, with, with the teams that are out there kind of, oh, I've had the, a lot of people have expressed to me concern over how late everything, you know, is getting done with that and how it's, all it's just going to do is lead to, you know, call it a shit fight when, you know, when they try and, you know, roll it out for next year, you know, just as an idea, like we, when, when we, uh, when we went to Car of the Future in 2012-13, they had like, they actually had two Car of the Future prototype cars running around at the, the finale at Homebush in 2011. So that was, yeah. they had two cars running around over 12 months, 13 months before, um, you know, we had to go, we were meant to go racing with them in 13. And, Racing in 13, like we were still like the upper triple eight, the old Joel's there with the crew, you know, because I, I felt it's only fair, you know, that they're there, you know, I'd be there. I was there at the triple eight workshop building our two cars at like 4 a.m. on on the day before the first test day, um, you know, at, at Queensland Raceway um, when I had Dean Fiore and Scott Pye driving for me. And that's how late everything was. And, and that was triple eight as well. Everyone was there trying to finish their cars off. So if that was how late we were, you know, doing it at that time, the fact that, you know, like we've had, it'd be worse. Know, yeah. They've had two, they've had two cars rolling around now for a couple of, couple of, um, what are you, a couple of, you know, test days or whatever. And we're kind of six months out or six, seven months out court. I just don't, then the maths just don't add up to me that they're going to be able to do it. And if they do do it in what, in what condition everyone's at, you know, they're going to burn a lot, a lot more crew out, um, you know, than, um, you know, then just the normal racing, you know, does to people because you, you're in there, you know, you're not doing it for money, a lot of these guys, um, clearly, uh, and the amount of hours they do just to go racing and then ask all these guys, oh, you got to put in, you, you know, you're, you're working 20 hours a day, but actually I expect the extra, the last four hours of each day for you to work on the Gen 3 car, um, this is not going to, it's not going to work. So oh, I don't know, I just, unless they've got, unless they, you know, they're going to, you know, become twice as efficient and pack it on to six months work, um, which I think is probably, impossible um you know benny knows as much as he you know it might be saying easy just put, put you know uh, smash a car together and build it you know when you don't know what a lot of these parts are you know um it's just it's it's going to be an impossible task for them and you know we supply a lot of parts a lot of the control parts the supercar teams at the, at the moment now and also i'm trying to gear up the, with a lot of bits that i know that are going to carry over because I want it so these guys, if they call up, um, you know, we can get it to them the next day. That's the that's a big thing which guys love them racing. You know, they don't love to wait. And you know, what what are the parts? You know, that Benny needs whatever. For instance, you know, when you know he rings up Jared, who works for me down at the at a, at a shop. You know, and Benny loves to hear what are the time. You know, if we've got it in stock and we can have it the next day, Benny can pick it up on the way to work, and and you know, and it's done. And that's something that the guys really appreciate in the world of motorsport. Um, having the stock and. And which is a, a big winner for all of them, and then also you know just not not ripping them off. You know these guys, these guys, I think everyone's happy if everyone else you know is, is making you know is making a bit of money off their bits. They just don't want to feel like they've absolutely been rorted on it. Nice, so that's a that's a you know general feeling. Then you'll be able to. Better echo, yeah. This uh, this sounds like a free plug for uh, Motorsport Parts Australia, mate. I'm going to have to send you an invoice for this one. But yeah, um, no, 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 no. brand is showing next week. <laughs> uh, well, we can talk about that. So, um, mate, <laughs> uh, we thank you so much for joining us on the Parked Up podcast. Appreciate your reflections and insight into uh, past, present, and future uh, of yourself. But uh, let me ask one more question: what What's the future for Lucas Dumbrell? Um, you've got you've got the business. You've ruled out racing in Gen Three. That's uh, that that's perfectly fine. But uh, what's your short, short and long term goals? Well, so I've always kind of kept in you know a toe in the water with the racing, just with the TCM car that we run about. So I've got a TCM car, a Touring Car Masters um, uh, VB Commodore that we 
um, uh, VC, sorry, Commonwealth, which we've run a couple of times in that series. And so that's something that's, I've done that, you know, to keep kind of in touch with the racing thing. Um, I don't know what, what next, you know, I think probably just, I'm just trying to, going to try and grow, you know, the motorsport parts thing to make it as big as I can, you know, make it. And I think we've come a long way in the last couple of years with a pretty small crew. Like when I say small crew, it's me and Jared, you know, work me, Jared, and Jared McLeod working um, on the, on the business. And, you know, he works bloody hard on it, trying to, trying to promote it and, and, and that kind of thing. So I think probably growing that as big as I can. And, you know, I don't know, maybe, you know, I might have a hundred stores, hundred shops of that in a couple of years now, probably not that big, but <laughs> uh, I think probably just grow that as big as I can and continue to, you know, not get lost in, not get lost. Sorry guys, it's doorbell. It's my Woolworths, Woolworths supermarket order being delivered in the background. Um, uh, I think you could have said it was your motorsport parts Australia delivery coming to you. Ah, yeah, exactly. I was going to say deliver it all time, all times of the day. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> me. I'll remember that next time. Um, uh, yeah, but I'll probably try just trying to make it as big as we can, and and I'll just continue. You know, it also do that. Also get larger, not larger. Sorry, not to forget what the, you know my pr- key principles of it and goals that have been. You know, which is to offer offer kind of offer the parts to these guys. Um, you know, at a reasonable price, and um. And uh, you and 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 for them to not go away from it, go away from the transaction, feeling like they're being gouged, you know, which is, you know, just because it's got motorsport in the name or it's for a race car doesn't mean it needs to be five times the cost of uh, what you think it should be, you know. And it's just some of the stuff is definitely silly, so silly priced, yeah. So that, that's my big thing. Keep that kind of that principle. Awesome, mate. Well, we thank you well so done. much for joining us on on Parked Up. Uh, awesome guest. Look forward to seeing you. Uh, at a racetrack real soon please pretty please come back and uh and and say good day i know a lot of people will will want to say good day and um mate we'll um we'll see you real soon great cool thanks so thanks man thanks grant cheers thanks and great to catch up with lucas we thank him so much for his time ben that was a great chat uh we have some other things that we <laughs> with the, we can touch on uh there was the miami grand prix over the weekend uh, and the actual race was a little ho-hum for sure, but the it just looked absolutely electric there. And if you and I aren't going to that or the Las Vegas Grand Prix next year, then like where can you even call us humans? Well, it was a pretty good show. Oh, well, until that late, late safety car. But I tell you, when the broadcast started, uh, I was getting vibes of like mid-90s Surface Paradise IndyCar. You know, oh, yeah. it was, um, and then they panned to it being in, um, you know, in a car park around a, a stadium. But like, I got reminded of like being as a, as a kid or a teenager during the um, IndyCar sort of deal, and you know, looking up to the the balconies and few 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 eyesores out there. But <laughs> yeah, nothing like that these days. Uh, no, they've been banned, of course, but um, like the the list of um, uh, uh, A-list celebrities that were uh, on the grid or in the broadcast, um, it really gave that, you know, this is, we had, there's a sense of occasion about what is actually going on here. Um, yes. You know, the Michael Jordans and the David Beckhams, they rolled everybody out or the old racing stars, of course, Emerson Fittipaldi was there, Mario Andretti that, you know, not one person who was, uh, it, it felt like everyone, but the queen was there. Yeah. The, the grid wall, that was pretty hard to watch. Certainly yes. Martin, Martin Brunel didn't know the difference between a few people, but yeah, pretty cool show. Um, 
yeah, talk about the race. Uh, Russell qualified pretty poorly, but ran the hards for the long way, and and he was probably best on ground, um, obviously compared to Max. But yeah, ran long, and then that that safety car come out the wrong at the at the right time for him, um, and then yeah, got in front of Hamilton and finished fifth. So that that was pretty cool. Verstappen, man, uh, he's won. He's won every race he's finished this year. So hmm. from five start, or was it four starts or five starts? Yeah. So uh, pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah, very impressive. Very impressive. Uh, and it, and does seem, it does seem look, it does seem hard to feel like Verstappen isn't the uh, the the title favorite at the moment. He's there's a 19 point gap between. Charles Leclerc and him at the moment. Uh, Leclerc in the Ferrari, of course, finished second. And Max won relatively comfortably, un- uh, unless you want to count that uh, last little safety car that happened where uh, the Ferrari was able to to uh, put a little bit of pressure on at the end. But would yeah. you agree that that Max and Red Bull seem like they are the, the leading team in the league at the moment? I don't know. Uh, I think, like, you look at, Albert Park and Ferrari and Leclerc especially had superior speed over Red Bull there. So, yeah, it'll be neck and neck. Mercedes, obviously, they're sorting their... Um, they're getting better. and uh, It was pretty pretty imp- impressive. But, like, you look at the two lead drivers in, in Max and, and Leclerc, like, they both smoke their teammates. So, there's a bit of car in it, but they're both, like, yeah, pretty impressive the way they're, they're driving the cars and the, and the sheer speed that they got over their teammates. Like, um, they just drove away from Saints. Um, yeah, and that and that 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 pass that that Max put on um, on the Claire early on, it was very assertive, very you know decent pass. So we all know that he's he's a bit of a mongrel, pretty ruthless. Mm. And um, what 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 was also impressive was was um was Perez like you know he he was handicapped a little bit with a with a engine issue a sensor or something going away but he still bombed it in there and and tried to put on a big desperate diving pass on um on uh, on Saints there so pretty cool yeah uh, they they certainly have a go uh now this uh this weekend let's uh, move on from Grand Prix racing. We've got a week off uh, early starts or late finishes for our uh, Sunday nights, Monday mornings or whatever it might be. Formula One is going to Barcelona in Spain, which is not necessarily known as a great racing circuit, but certainly a good place for uh, to know exactly where people are at. That's where, the, to know exactly where teams are at. That's where you know, they do a lot of their testing. So uh, it'll be a really good benchmark to see who is really where in the in the in the Formula One circus? But um, this weekend, our attention focuses locally to the Bathurst GT race. Of course, the twelve-hour at Mount Panorama. We were only just up there a few weeks ago. Beautiful sunshine. I don't know if Mount Panorama in May is going to bring as nice a weather as we saw in Easter for your Trans Am race. No, well, twelve-hour traditionally would be there and. February, is that right? Yes. 
yeah, so it's going to be a lot cooler. Uh, I'm I'm sure you'll you'll see that the track will be fast with 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 less daylight and less UV, um, and cooler ambient temperatures. But yeah, you never know, Bathurst, what uh, what the weather's going to bring. So should be a good show. Um, there's more there's more hours in the race than there are cars, so I can't <laughs> imagine it'd be too super exciting. Um, definitely some some decent quality in, in, in cars and drivers. But if you break it down into all the classes, like almost everyone's going to leave there with a trophy. So, well, not bad for the, for, uh, for the trophy makers potentially. Um, but you can't take that away. Like it's still a 20, it's still a 12 hour race. So, um, something I'd certainly love to do, but yeah, look, it's Bathurst. I'm sure it'll be a good race. There's some, real good drivers in it so i'll be watching yeah very good what else have we got to do on a non-racing weekend and mm. uh just to watch some more race cars um okay so uh you said you'd like to do it it, it would seem like a cool event of course the yeah we'd love to see more cars look we'd love to see more cars in trans am we'd love to see more cars competing yeah. in bathurst 1000 <laughs> but um uh, yeah, for a 12 hour race, such high profile, particularly when we've seen this event be so awesome in the past with internationals yeah. and full pro teams, it does feel like the, the light version. It feels like the, um, the, you know, no salt, uh, no, uh, no sugar added to, uh, to, to your, um, to your breakfast cereal, which of course you need to have sugar on your breakfast cereal to make it taste any good. But, um, uh yeah i don't know what's uh are, are you going to wake up at 5 15 a.m to watch the start of this thing i'm going to be at phillip island looking after my boys in the high on dies so you won't be waking up at 5 15 a.m no well you <laughs> might be waking up at 5 15 but it might be to go to the racetrack yeah correct i'll be uh up and about doing going racing but um yeah it's really there were some, you know, factory factory BMW teams in the past, and uh, factory Porsche with with the the Bamba cars with, with Campbell winning a few years ago. Like there were some big time world operators, and let's just hope this year's a bit of a hiccup after the COVID stuff, and they can get some big entries back again. And you know, never know, might get a chance to to do the race myself one day. So, um. Yeah, let's hopefully it gets gets stronger again. Like it was, yeah, certainly certainly a pretty nice um, picture at the start at night with all the headlights and stuff. So pretty cool, mm, mate. That place is daunting enough just driving around in uh, normal daytime. Beautiful Easter weather, let alone trying to drive around there in the in uh, nighttime and fog and uh, whatever yeah. else that kangaroos yeah. jumping across the track. Yeah, I, I strangely, I, I reckon I enjoy that. I really would. Night racing is quite cool. So Sydney coming up in the Trans Am, although it'll be pretty well lit. But yeah, looking looking forward to racing at night for sure. Cool. Okay, so Sydney's coming up soon. We've got Bathurst this weekend, but I guess your focus then it sounds like it's going to be on Phillip Island. I think it's the third round of the Vic State series. You've got a couple of uh, Hyundai guys to to look after. They've got 
uh, Formula Ford and the usual sports sedans and all those other things going on. So how many cars do you actually look after down there? Uh, I've got two. Two. So young Hugo Simpson is uh, driving my car and and uh, Ryan Phillips. So they're both going real good. They're top five, good operators. Um, had a, Got another kid down in, um, in Tassie and Charlie Parker, who I sort of look after as much as I can. And he's doing a real good job. He won the Tasmanian series last year. So super proud of what he's achieved. Um, and also Tim Slade. So they've got, um, they've got a Victorian sports car series. So yep. Slade dogs driving the, um, the Brabham. So the Brabham BT I mean, 62, 62. Yes. With a thousand kilo uh, with was it six or 700 horsepower. So, Real cool. I'm going to go definitely check that thing out. Mm. Yeah, that is cool that is real cool. That thing whistling around. So that yeah, is real cool. Weekend. So surely that thing will win that class, though, right? Uh, I reckon. Yeah, you've got to with someone who knows what they're doing behind the wheel. Ah, uh, yeah, it'd be like taking a machine gun to a knife fight. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that certainly be cool to have a look at that, and uh, yeah. Can't keep me away from a racetrack. No, no. But we could have kept you away from a racetrack because unfortunately that uh, that horrible global lurgy was uh, attacking you earlier this week. Yeah, it was a bit ordinary. But, how, are you, uh, how are you recovering? Are you okay? Yeah, got through. I'm, um, I wouldn't say I'm unfit, so it still knocked me around a fair bit. But there was a stage of one day I felt like I'd had 600 cigarettes and couldn't use my lungs properly but um thankfully that's gone away and there's a hot hot cold fevers and sweats and stuff but looks lost a bit of weight but um yeah back into it now so good as gold and get back into the training and uh back into the boxing so should be uh should be fine but Very pretty good. tired <clears throat> well we look like- forward to we look forward to seeing you uh fighting fit at the next round of the Turtle Wax Trans Am Series at Sydney Motorsport Park. It comes up at the end of this month. So it's only a few weeks away. Um, Mate, we thank you so much for uh, joining us. We also thank Lucas Dumbrell for joining us on the uh, Parked Up podcast as well. Um, Now, uh, before we leave, we need to talk about one of the most important people in your world, and that is Barry, your dog. Barry he the Labrador. He appears a lot on your social media. He's a uh, he's a he's a very good friend of yours. He is yep. uh, one of the most gentle living beings that has ever graced planet Earth. What's Baz up to? Uh, he's lying upside down on the couch, <laughs> wondering why his dinner's late. So um, yeah, he, he's he's a good egg. He certainly looked after me while I was uh, unwell. Was with COVID and uh, he comes to work with me every day and he's, uh, he's, he's a part of, he's yeah, best on ground at work, employee of the month, every month. Right. Um, yeah. Inwards goods officer, client liaison. Yeah. He, uh, he does it all mate. So in fact, we were bleeding brakes in the, in the Trans Am and doing the up, up, down pressure sort of routine. And he's that, he's that well-trained. I've said up with the brake pressure brake pedal and he's jumped in the race car on my lap so yeah he's pretty pretty clever pretty switched on so so yeah he's uh he's bloody good and he made a trip to bathurst in the truck with me and uh 
had her wander around. So, yeah, it was good times with him. Very good. Absolutely. Even got the obligatory um, uh, easy Instagram post underneath the uh, Grice Avenue sign in the camping grounds behind the uh, behind pits there. That was uh, uh, very well timed. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Have a good time. So he's a good boy. Very good. Very good. All right. Hey, Benny Grice, thank you so much for joining us on the Parked Up podcast. Absolute pleasure having you. Uh, you're, uh, you're one of the stars of Trans Am. And, uh, mate, let's hope that we, um, as, as good as Trans Am is, we want to see you in a, uh, in a supercar one day or we want to see you move to the very top. Tell us that that's where you're going. Yeah, look, um, God, you know, you just got to can't give up. And I'm working on a few things with a few teams. Um, I reckon that these this new this new Gen Three car, um, and we touch on it with 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 Lucas. That I think they're going to be pretty similar to the current Trans Am car. Like the the laps and the miles that you're doing Trans Am, I think can help. You never know down down the track to get an opportunity to, to co-drive or some, some DBS stuff in the future, which we're, um, we're working on. But the cars, like I polled in Trans Am at Phillip Island in a 33.8 and on new tyres, this new trend, this new um, Gen 3 supercar, which is a $700,000 car or whatever, all this development, they only did, a low 33 so to be within a second you almost like the data and the speed trace is pretty similar so look you never know it's very um they could correlate and be be very very similar sort of cars and it could be quite quite good experience moving forward to into these new cars so yeah don't count me out <laughs> perfect we won't we won't and we'll push as hard as we can all right mate Thank you so much. Uh, everyone will hear more from Parked Up, of course, with Mark Fogarty on Parked Up Plus every Monday at 5 p.m. And you can tune in to listen to me and whoever else I can drag in to be uh, my uh, co-host. Ben Grice has done a terrific job here. It probably won't be the last time that I get him to, to jump on the line and uh, talk an hour's worth of uh, absolute dribble. But um, I hope you've uh, all enjoyed it. And uh yeah, until next week, we'll see you on Parked Up. Cheers. You've just listened to another Network R production. 